You're listening to Real Estate Real Fast. Each episode, we discuss all things real estate, whether that's strategies for investors, ways the average homeowner can maximize profits when selling their home, or understanding market trends and more. Real Estate Real Fast is brought to you by ListingSpark, automated software that takes you through the complete home selling process and sells your home faster, safer, and at a fraction of the cost. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 17 of Real Estate Real Fast. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I'm your host, Aaron Justall, the broker, one of the co-founders here at ListingSpark. Excited to be talking today. It's it's me riding solo today. Normally, we have a guest that comes on and talks, but every now and then, I like to come on just kind of by myself and talk about the state of the market, what's been going on. You know, we got February now is in the books. We're kind of on the tail end of Q1 of 2023 which is a crazy thing to, to say. It's, it feels like this year has already been going by really, really fast. So I wanted to carve out some time. All the numbers are kind of in for last year. So do a recap of what happened in 2022. Talk about what's going on so far in Q1 of 2023. You know, Listing Spark right now is based out of Texas at the moment. So we're going to predominantly talk about Texas and the major markets throughout Texas. So I'll I'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the market in general, and we'll kind of go through each one of those markets and talk some data points and numbers. And then I've got some notes just to kind of go through my perspective of each, and then just wrap things up with some some of my just general meandering thoughts about real estate and some advice sprinkled in along the way. This is streaming live. If you guys are watching on Facebook or YouTube or anywhere else, feel free to chat in anytime. Depending on the question, I may answer it as we're going along or I tend to always like to uh, save a little time at the end for Q&A, so feel free to chat in along the way, and I will answer any questions you guys have before we wrap up. So let's just start talking a little bit about what's been going on in, in 2022 before we jump into this year. So for any of you guys that have either sold a house or actively trying to sell a house, you're probably aware that in June, right around the end of June in 2022, we saw that crazy rise in mortgage rates, which completely just shocked the market. So, you know, historically, June and July are peak months. That's kind of the best selling season. That's the time a lot of people wait for to try to sell their house. And 2022, it was a very different story, right? In June, we just saw the market take an almost immediate nosedive when rates jumped up and hit almost 7%. And it's really never been the same since. In several markets, we have seen actually 10 consecutive months of declining sales, which is pretty wild thinking about where we were in, in 2021 and, and 2020, which you know we call those kind of the post-pandemic real estate market. And then you're going to hear me talk about pre-pandemic market because it's almost like there were two different universes that we've been living in and we almost have to treat them as, as such. So we'll We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but the main thing is we, we just saw continuous declining home sales starting in June all the way through the end of the year. November and December, we actually saw a year-over-year -year decline in home sales that was eclipsing 50% in some markets, which is crazy. I mean, that's essentially un unprecedented numbers. We had just homes that just wouldn't sell most sellers that were in the marketplace were there because they absolutely had to be. They were either investors that had to sell, builders that had inventory that they had to offload. I think one stat was like one in four homes on the market was from a builder, which is a absolute crazy percentage of the inventory that builders were taking up. Or you just had sellers that were getting relocated. They had a 
family event that was forcing them to move. You didn't really want to be a seller in the backside of 2022. We are seeing some signs of life and that is starting to change, which is good. But what we were seeing a lot of is it took about two to three months between June and August and September for home sellers to really realize the position that they were in, recalibrate expectations, and start to kind of understand what they had to do to get their home sold. They were still hanging on to those crazy high values that were coming in early 2022 and 2021. And so what ended up happening is you have a lot of sellers that were what we call chasing down the market. And what that means is the, the market is declining faster than they're willing to adjust their price to accommodate a changing market. And so it, it just felt like every move that some sellers were making was just a little bit too late. And they were one step behind and days on market was ticking up. You were seeing homes that were sitting on the market for six, seven months, which felt like just an absolute eternity. And we saw a little bit of a break in rates the beginning of this year. And that helped kind of put a little spark in the market. And then we, we've had some other stuff going on that's caused rates to shoot back up. So we're in a very fluid market right now. Things are changing almost by the day. We've got a lot of international turmoil that's happening that's, that's, that's causing some stateside economic changes as well. So we're in crazy times right now. So, I mean, everybody who is buying and selling homes is kind of along for the ride. I think we'll probably look, at, look back on this time and and this is going to be a really strange, very well-studied point in history where we're, we're going to look back on this and, and really try to analyze and figure out what happened so we can better understand it. But the good news is I think we're seeing signs of life in 2023. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a bit. I want to jump into some of the numbers. So let's talk about what's going on in Austin. So in Austin, in 2022, transaction numbers were down for the year, cumulatively 19.1%. So we had 33,647 sales. That was down from 41,077 the year before. So the first half of the year, sales were actually up. Second half, they were down. So that kind of averaged out to a 19.1% drop. Months supply of inventory climbed from 0.6 months to 2.7 months of inventory. And so again, for those of you that don't know what month supply of inventory means, it essentially means if no new homes came on the market, how long would it take to sell every home that was sitting on the market? And so earlier it was less than a month, which is bananas. I mean, that's a crazy seller's market, offers everywhere. That's a crazy market. 2.7 month supply of inventory is getting to be a much more balanced. It's still technically a seller's market, but it doesn't feel that way when we have a four and a half X change in such a short period of time. So that was, that was kind of 2022 to sum up Austin. Now we started to see a decline in home values. Again, that started last year and it's kind of continued all the way through. Some parts of Austin have actually seen a drop as high as 15%, um, which is a big drop for a year. I mean, that essentially erased a bunch of the gains that we saw in 2020, 2021, which means if you bought your house in 2020 or earlier, you're still up in your value. It's going to sting the most if you bought your house, obviously, in 2021. There's a good chance you're upside down right now. That will change over time. The real estate market will stabilize. Values will start to appreciate again. You may just have to hang out in your house a little bit longer than you might have hoped. So let's talk a little bit about 2023 in Austin. So the median sales price 
right now for the greater Austin MSA area, which includes all the suburbs of Austin, is at 450,000. So that's down 6% from where it was the year before. So that is talking about the median. The average might be a little bit different. Each one of the MLS markets is going to present their data in a slightly different way. Some are going to look at median, some are going to look at average. <clears throat> so the median sales price, 450000 down 6% in Austin. Like I mentioned before, certain pockets of Austin saw homes decline more than 15%. Real estate is hyper-local, so some areas are just going to get hit differently than, than other areas. So we want to be making sure if we're selling our house, we're looking at things on a hyper-local perspective. Closed sales down 27% in January. 1,634 total. New listings were up 16%. And uh, so that's only a 16% change year over year. But what's crazy is new listings climbed 63% month over month. So from December to January, we saw a 63% increase in new listings that hit the market. So that's that's pretty telling. So that's that's a sign that sellers are feeling more confident with the market. And they were holding out for the new year to list and they've been starting to to put their houses on the market. So in my opinion, that's a good sign. It, it's a, it's at least a sign of either consumer confidence or there may be a little bit of desperation mixed in there. They were holding out all last year and they just got to the point where they had to list. But an increase that much month over month is is certainly monitoring. So pending sales in Austin for the year was down 16% to 2,581 month-to-month -month change up 32%. So again, that's when we look at this from a month-to-month -month basis instead of a year-over-year -year basis, we're seeing some uptick and movement in the market. So pending listings being 32% is a great sign. Active listings up 462%. That's wild. Year-over-year. -year. So the difference between January 2023 and January 2022, moving up 462% is, is wild. Average days on market, 76 in Austin. That's up from 40, that's up 47 days from January of last year. That's going to feel like an absolute eternity for most sellers. So that is our new normal that we're living in right now. So for those of you that are investors, you need to be factoring that into your carrying costs when you're analyzing your deals. Sitting on the market for two and a half months. If you're paying 10, 12 points on hard money is real dollars and cents that you need to start factoring into your deals. You know, when you used to be able to get under contract with multiple offers after a week, close 30 days from that, um, that's a huge difference than taking closer to a hundred or north of a hundred days from list to close. So be very cognizant of that when you're crunching your numbers, what are your carrying costs to be holding these properties for, you know, three, four months from list to close. So some of my general notes about Austin and, and is, you know, the last three years have been a complete roller coaster. It makes tracking data incredibly challenging when you're looking at things over a year to year change. So 2021, we saw that meteoric run up in home values. The average appreciation rate in the greater Austin MSA, depending on where you were, was between 25 and 30 percent in one year. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. And so it. It makes sense that as the market declines, a market that was appreciating that quickly is going to shed the most when the market starts to correct itself. There's a lot of publications that are talking about how Austin is one of, if not the most bubble-worthy city. I, I don't know if I prescribe to that. A lot of these articles are written by people that aren't local. They don't understand the economic factors that drive our market. 
Now we're certainly seeing correction. We're certainly seeing homes fall, but I think we still have a lot of positive things in central Texans that are helping this market weather a storm. Month over month changes are going to be a more fluid way to track the market from year over year changes because just things are just so different from one year to the next. So when we look at it, we want to look on a, a shorter time horizon. That's going to give us a better idea of how the market is either improving and accelerating or, or decelerating. So sticker shock really set in in Austin in Q3 and Q4 of last year. Buyers are starting to become more aware of what the new normal is, right? So I think when rates were hitting six and a half, seven percent 7%, everybody just felt like, man, rates cannot stay this high. They have to fall. And so they're sitting around and waiting and waiting and waiting. And when that didn't happen, or rates dropped down kind of in the sixes, at some point, if a buyer wants to get into a house and they're motivated to do so, they've got to just get into the market, understand the, the economics of the, the, the rates at the time they're, they're trying to get in and, and just understand this is the new normal that we're all dealing with. So I think we're starting to start to feel that and see that a little bit more now than we were last year. Expect changes in rates, whether that's up or down, to have a lot of short-term effects on the market. So we may have a great week, which may be followed by a really bad week if rates pop. Those are just things that we're seeing and we have been seeing for the last several months. Uh, all right. So let's talk a little bit about Dallas real quick. Let's see. First, let's, let's answer a few questions before we move over to Dallas. So we got one question here. What were the commonalities among sellers who weren't successful with selling their properties? That's a really good question. So I, I think the main commonality with the ones that we're seeing the most challenges is they were not realistic about where their new price should be compared to where they were um, starting out. So price drops became an absolute norm. It was extremely rare for a home to have a 100% list price to sales price ratio. And to put that in perspective, in 2021 in the city of Austin, the average home sold for 101% of what it was listed at. So almost every home was going above its list price in, their, in the final sales price. So the average home now is selling for closer to 97% or even 96%. So a 3 to 4% drop in the price is a big number, depending on what that, what that home's value is. That could be $15,000, $20,000. Some homes were shedding closer to fifty or sixty thousand dollars from their list price, and and on the higher end, on the luxury, it was it was even more than that. It was it could have been six figures. So I think most commonalities were people were not lowering their price fast enough to be competitive in the market. They weren't watching what was going on in their neighborhood and seeing what homes were successfully going under contract and why. So I think that was a that was a really big deal. So we're going to move on to Dallas. We've got a couple other questions, but I'll get to those shortly. So in, in Dallas, real quick, the 2022 recap, total transactions down 13%. Dallas is a mega market. So, you know, Austin was sitting at 33,000 sales in Austin. The DFW area, they had 97,000 closed transactions, and that was down from over 111 in 2021. So that's a 13% decline, not quite as bad as the 19% drop in Austin. But just to put it in perspective, those sales numbers were on par with where we were back in 2016. So that's a pretty big difference. Average price in Dallas actually climbed 14.4% to 484,000. That doesn't necessarily, keep in mind, that doesn't mean home values necessarily went up 14%. 
It just means the average price that sold in the MLS was 484,000. The year before it was 423,000. So you have to, you have to take that into perspective. Certain markets in Dallas, certain neighborhoods, certain areas that homes shed value, they're worth less now. Others still might've seen some appreciation. So remember that's for the MLS as a whole. Month supply of inventory climbed from 0.8 to 2.2. Not quite as sharp of an increase as, uh, as in Austin, but still a pretty good jump, more than doubling. Um, Dallas was definitely less affected than Austin was due to the slowing market. It still feels like a big change with months supply of inventory essentially tripling, but uh, the run-up in values wasn't quite as sharp in DFW. So the correction just isn't going to cut quite as deep. So the January numbers for DFW, median price was up 4.2% year over year compared to January of last year. Homes in the three to 400 thousand dollar range you're making up about 27.9 percent of the total market share so that's climbing that that segment is a little bit higher as far as the market share goes closed sales are down 27.9 percent year over year so this january compared to last january we've seen we're seeing almost a 30 percent drop in closed sales that's a big number i mean we're feeling that for sure average days on market Climbed to 60 with an average of 36 additional days to close. So that's a 96 days from list to close. So we're up to an average days on market of 60. It was 27 in 2022. So that's a double of days on market. Supply is increasing. That's creating longer days on market. Increased month supply of inventory. What's interesting in Dallas is we got some numbers reported that housing permits and new construction starts are both declining, which means you got builders that are sitting on the sidelines. We saw so much inventory hit the market with builders. And I think that made a lot of builders nervous because obviously builders don't want to be holding houses in a market where values are declining. So I think they were selling a lot of their inventory and now they're being very cognizant of what they're going to be building. So some things that we might see with new construction this year is rather than them building inventory homes or spec homes that they're building that are completed and they're trying to sell as completed homes, they might just hold those lots and, and sell to be built. So you walk into a model home, you design a house with the builder, they build it for you. That is safer for the builder because they, the buyer's got some skin in the game. They're putting some money up. They know they've got a buyer for that, that house on that lot already rather than being more speculative than building a bunch of inventory homes. That could be something that we see this year until builder confidence starts to go up. So, all right, on to Houston. So in Houston, home sales peaked in June. We saw more than 15% drop in closed transactions happen in July. And then those numbers just continued to fall every month until the end of the year. We actually saw closed sales actually go up a little bit in December compared to November of last year in Houston, but it was, it was marginal. So we saw an overall decline of 13% in closed transactions last year. So that was right in line with DFW. So obviously they're similar markets in size. So they're behaving really similarly as well. Month supply of inventory climbed from 1.4 to 2.6. So not quite a double doubling, a little bit less drastic than some of the other markets. And then for this year so far, January for Houston marked the 10th consecutive months of falling home sales in January. So we're just selling less houses, period. Single family home sales saw a 30.9% decline in January 23. 
compared to the year before. So what's interesting is when Houston was reporting these numbers, though, that January of this year was only a 4% decline from the pre-pandemic numbers. So think 2019. So again, we talked earlier about that. You have kind of pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. Post-pandemic, the market was just not behaving rationally at all. So a lot of real estate economists want to say, look, if we're going to move into this world, that's that's kind of our new normal. We've got to throw out the crazy years that were just completely off the charts and we're not behaving in a way that was normal at all. So if we look at it, this year is starting out to behave a little bit like it was pre-pandemic, which is not necessarily a bad thing. The average price in Houston for, for a home sold rose 1.5% to 382,000. That was the smallest price bump since October of 2019. So again, something to keep an eye on. Active listings climbed up to 33,000. That's a 63% increase from January last year. So again, just more inventory pumping on the market. Pending sales dropped almost 15% and days on market climbed up to 59, up from 39 from the year before. So average home prices peaked out in June of 2020 to 450,000. And now in January of 23, they've fallen to 382,000. So again, this is average home price. It doesn't necessarily mean that every home that was worth 450,000 is now worth 380, though that is a possibility for some homes in some areas. This is just the average sales price declined 18% from its peak in June. So all housing segments in Houston also experience negative sales, so negative growth. So when we talk about all housing segments, we're talking single family homes, condos and townhomes, new construction, things like that. So San Antonio, home sales dropped from 41,000 in 2021 to 37,000 in 2022. That's only a 12% drop. That's the smallest drop of any of the major markets. So that's a good sign for San Antonio. Months of inventory climbed from three point two three point one from one point four, essentially doubling. Average price climbed to three seventy five from three thirty five, so that's a good sign. In Q one of this year, closed sales for single family homes was down thirty percent year over year. So you've seen the trend in almost every major market in Texas. January was down in the thirty percent range. In most markets, it was down forty five to fifty percent the end of the year last year. So we're still declining. We're just not declining as aggressively as we were at the end of the year. We have to take some wins when we get them. So I, I guess that is some positive news when we look at a month over month spectrum. Days on market climbed to 66. That's a 94% increase since this time last year. Pending sales are down 27%. While active listings are up 120%. And the active price on single family homes did climb to 300 69,668. So my notes on San Antonio, uh, inventory climbing and pending sales falling, expect to continue to see a more balanced market. Buyers are going to have more leverage than they've ever had over the past decade. Basically, a, a generation of home buyers is going to have more leverage now than they ever have if they're entering the market. Patience is definitely going to be a key for sellers. Average list to close day range is around 100 days in almost every market. That feels like an absolute eternity compared to the kind of post-pandemic era that we had. So it, it, waiting two to three months for a contract is tough. We just need to understand that is the average across the whole spectrum, across all of the MLS in every market that we're in. Okay, 
Let's start to talk a little bit about what's going on, big picture stuff in 2023 so far, and kind of what our expectations should probably look like for the rest of the year. So let's go back to the chat real quick. So we got one person saying in my area, a newer, newer house at the one and a half to two million are selling, but not the six to 700K ones who are buying in Houston. Yeah, so that's a really good question. So believe it or not, in the luxury market, it doesn't always take as much of a hit as it does in the lower price points. And that's, I mean, if you're buying a one and a half, two, three million dollar house, you know, a lot of times you're a market maker, you've got your money, you, you maybe saw the writing on the wall and you pulled your funds out of the market, you were able to hoard them, you had dry powder to go out and make a purchase. So that's not entirely uncommon. You know, you have to remember that homes that are priced more in the, you know, three to 500 range or even the five to 700 range, those buyers are probably getting hit a whole lot harder than people that are able to go out and buy a two or $3 million house. Not always, but it's not entirely uncommon for the ultra luxury market to kind of act differently than the, the, the market that's closer to the median for the area. So hopefully that helps answer your question there. And then one more, does giving a property more time on market help sellers get their asking price or does sitting on the market longer hurt sellers? That's, a, that's actually a really good question. So, you know, I think when we're looking at houses, we're looking at the law of averages. So when we run comps, I want to find three to five other homes that have sold in your neighborhood and your tight little pocket area that are behaving similar to yours because they look similar in every facet. They're similar square footage, your build, design, finishes, things like that. If the average days on market for your home and your neighborhood is 60 days, sitting on the market for 60 days is not a terrible thing. Now, keep in mind, we're seeing the list price to sales price ratio change. And so the expectation shouldn't necessarily be that you're going to get your asking price. The expectation should be you're going to get close to your asking price, but you're probably going to have to negotiate. You're going to have to negotiate either on your price or you're going to have to negotiate on paying a credit for closing costs for the buyer or things like that. So right now, sitting on the market longer is not hurting a seller nearly as much as it would two years ago. In 2021, if you were on the market for, for a month, something was wrong. You were priced incorrectly. You had something was wrong and you weren't drawing the attention of the, of the buyers that were you know, lining up in droves to buy, to buy houses. So now you do get a little bit of a get out of jail free card for having longer days on market because most of the other houses in the neighborhood are going to be in the same boat as you. So hopefully that kind of helps answer that question. So let's jump in and talk about what we're experiencing in 2023 and what we can kind of expect maybe for the rest of the year. So we're definitely starting to see signs of life in February. January was still just painfully slow. Like just January was not a good month. We saw that in the numbers, everything was down across the board. February, we are starting to see signs of life. We won't get the February data fully until probably towards the middle of March, but I've got a feeling we're going to see some interesting numbers in February and I'll jump on the podcast probably towards the end of March and talk a little bit more about those as well. Buyers are becoming more confident that we're at the bottom of the market and that we're you know taking advantage of the rates falling down. There was a, there was a small window of time where people were starting to get interest rates at out of five on it which just felt like, I mean, that felt like the days when you can get an interest rate for 2.9%. So that felt like a huge difference from the high sixes. So buyers who had been just kind of waiting for their opportunity, grabbed it, grabbed that low interest rate, got under contract, got a house, 
we saw an uptick in showings, offers, executed contracts, really saw an uptick across the board kind of starting in February. Yeah. That was us getting through those winter months. It, it just felt like painfully long and arduous. Now, February, like it seems like we've had every year, was weird. We had a freeze. Austin got hammered by that freeze. So Austin behaved differently than Dallas and Houston and San Antonio, who it still froze, but they didn't quite have the freezing rain that caused all the issues with the trees and everything else. I felt that the most in Austin out of anybody I know was helping my neighbor, and I took a frozen tree branch to the face and broke my nose. So I got the last remnants of my black eyes to deal with it. So if you were going to go sell your house in Austin, in the beginning of February, you probably just couldn't. You couldn't because you're, you might have had tree limbs covering your entire yard that you had to get taken care of. So we saw kind of a little bit of a, not a little bit, a lot of a slowdown in the beginning of February. And then the end of the month has just kind of gone off like gangbusters a little bit more. But then we saw the new inflation numbers came out and we realized we haven't quite tackled inflation yet. Fed bumped rates. So now interest rates are sitting between six and a half and 6.85% again, which to put that into a perspective, where we were the end of January, beginning of February, if you wanted to get that same rate, it was costing buyers about two basis points to get that two points in origination charges, which is thousands upon thousands of dollars in upfront closing costs to get the rates that we had kind of end of January, beginning of February. So it's still been definitely a weird month. We don't, obviously nobody has a crystal ball, but here's some of my kind of predictions for the rest of the year. So I think the brunt of the pain is likely behind us and falling home values. It may take some time to start really feeling and seeing meaningful appreciation happen again. So let's say we're at the bottom right now or we're approaching the bottom. There's going to be some level of a flattening period before it starts to go up again. And so, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if 2023 was a down year and home values are completely flat. From the economists that I follow and listen to, we're starting to feel like 2024 will probably be the up year. And so honestly, I chalk it up to, if we stay flat for the year, I would, I would chalk that up to probably a win. Now, that means we would be appreciating in the second half of the year because we were, we've been declining, right? So home values have fallen the end of last year and the beginning of this year. We'll probably flatten out and we'll see an uptick. So for us to be flat for the year, it means at some point in the year, we'll have to start coming up the other side, which I think is going to happen. It feels inevitable that we'll, inflation's going to taper. We'll start to see a break in rates. That's going to put a little spark in the market. And then after, after seven, eight, 10 months of a declining market, buyers and sellers are both starting to understand the exact of the new market that we're in. And just that means even though things haven't fundamentally improved as far as rates and terms go, there's so much pent-up demand. Buyers are ready to buy. Sellers just need to sell. So we're going to just start seeing both come back into the marketplace. So even if we do see a spark in sales and activity, we still have to understand that we're in very fragile economic times right now. So we've got so much going on globally. You know, we've got the conflict in Russia. That's, I'm sorry, the conflict with Russia and the Ukraine. A lot of tension going on with China. That affects global trade supply chain issues, all of those things have been affecting the market for the last several years. That hasn't gone away. And so those are things that can continue to just cause these blips on the radar for us.
even if we start to see some signs of life, it wouldn't surprise me if we just have some global economic activities that cause some problems for us. But I do expect to see signs of life this summer. There's a lot of pent-up demand that's out there. We essentially just lost all of last summer, right? In the summer of 2022, which is normally the highs for real estate, it was just painfully bad. I don't think we're going to have two consecutive years of that. I think this summer will be better than last summer. That's just my gut. And, and everything that I'm seeing so far in February, it's, it's giving me a lot to be optimistic about. So to end this with a little bit of advice, hard to believe I've been talking for 35 minutes already. I appreciate everybody kind of hanging on with me. I'm going to give my last bit of advice for sellers. If you guys have any other questions, throw them in the chat and I'll, I'll definitely answer them. So advice for sellers, everyone, I mean, literally everyone right now is price sensitive. So your strategy should be focused on pricing your home in line with the market rather than picking a cockamamie strategy where I'm going to come in and I'm just going to price it high because I know I'm going to have to negotiate and I'm going to be willing to negotiate. So if I price it up here, you know, they'll give me low ball offers and I'll kind of be in the middle. No. Inventory is through the roof compared to where it was in the past several years. That's just a bad strategy. It just means if a buyer right now thinks that your home is overpriced, they will just, they're clicking on their mouse. They're scrolling on their phone. If I'm, if I'm working with a buyer and I have tons and tons of options and a house looks like it's overpriced, it's a skip. The only time they're going to get interested in your house is when you come down to earth and finally drop the price. So don't do that. Price it in line with the market. That's the best advice that I can give you. Price is the number one by a mile factor when it comes to selling your house. Everything else pales in comparison to that. So price well, you'll be fine. Okay. So I know this saying is really cliche, but a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. In real estate terms, that means if you got an offer and it's a workable offer, it is better than sitting back and hoping something better is going to come, come down the line later. It's probably not. And so if you have a good offer, a solid offer that you have in your hand right now, don't play too many games. Don't drag your feet. You have to remember, we are living in a buyer's world right now. So, you know, in these markets, we're seeing two and a half, 2.7, 2.9 months supply of inventory. Um, in real estate terms, people will say a balanced market is four to six months supply of inventory. And so, under that definition, arguably, we're still in a seller's market because we're less than four to six months supply of inventory. I do not subscribe to that as being the case anymore. It's been so long since we've been in a six month supply of inventory situation. It was the last crash in 09 before we had six or more months supply of inventory. We're in a buyer's market. I, I mean, technically speaking, by definition, we're not, but I can tell you. It looks and feels like a buyer's market and they have more opportunities now than they've had in a decade and buyers have been getting punished for a long time. So they are looking for deals. They're ready to negotiate. They don't want to play games if they have options. So if you mess around too much with a buyer that wants to buy your house, they're going to move on to another house. They may be making offers on more than one house at one time. That might not be ethically okay, but it, we can't really stop them from doing that and it happens all the time. So be deliberate, be urgent. If you have a good offer in your hand, make it work. Do your best to negotiate a great deal. As a seller, 
you should be extremely well educated on your on your local market. I'm going to preach it to the hills. Real estate is hyper local. Values can change from one pocket in a neighborhood to another. You should know exactly what's going on in your neighborhood, your segment of the neighborhood, and how your home compares. So you should understand which houses are going pending and why. You should understand what's coming on the market and how long they're sitting on the market. And finally, you should be really taking a close eye and looking at what's selling. How long are they taking to close? What's the days on market? What's the days to close? What is the list price to sales price ratio? That will tell you, that will be your guide. If you watch the data, that will tell the story that you that you just need to listen to. It'll tell you exactly what to do. And then finally, just be ready to negotiate. Be prepared to help buyers cover some of their closing costs. It is so common right now to see in section 12A1B, which is seller paid closing costs, to see eight to $12,000 listed in that line. It's painful. No seller wants to do it. It is essentially money skimming right off the top. But you've got to remember, let's say your home has dropped. Let's say you're in Austin and your house values drop 15%. With a 15% drop, your home is still more expensive for a buyer than it would have been if they bought it 15% higher in 2021. So just let that let that sink in. I mean, with our interest rate at 6.8 or 6.5 compared to 3%, it is still more expensive on a monthly payment basis when your home is declined in value for that buyer. So they want to get a better rate. They want better terms. They don't want to come out of pocket tens of thousands of dollars have to buy down their rate to have an affordable house, they're going to ask you for help. Be ready to help. Be willing to help. Negotiate that in. At the end of the day, the thing that the only thing you should care about as, as the seller is your net proceeds. The equation is sales price minus your closing expensive expenses minus the credit you're giving to a buyer, and that comes out to your net proceeds. That should be the only thing you care about. Negotiate accordingly, but be prepared to help the buyer out when they're trying to buy down their rates. Those are all my nuggets of wisdom for you guys. We're at the, about the 40 minute mark. If anybody wants to throw a question in, I'll, I'll give it another couple seconds before we sign off. I appreciate everybody hanging out with me today. Hopefully this gave you a little bit of information. For those of you that are new to the podcast, you know, this is the kind of stuff we talk about on a daily basis. We just talk about all things real estate. For those of you that are new to understanding what we do here at Listing Spark, again, Listing Spark is a, is a tech-driven real estate brokerage. We help people sell their homes quickly, easily, quickly, and save the most money possible on commissions while just giving you an overall incredible experience. The majority of our, our clients and customers are investors or those kind of savvy home sellers that have sold a, a handful of houses. Even though we are, we are able to help and cater to even your first-time home seller that needs a little hand-holding as well. So the benefit to working with us is, you know, we handle hundreds of uh, new listings and transactions on a monthly basis. So there is literally nothing that we haven't seen, encountered, or come across. And we're able to kind of really track and understand great data month over month and then turn around and share it with you guys on this podcast. So thanks again for joining us today. I'm going to sign off and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Real Estate Real Fast. If you're a homeowner or real estate investor, you should go check us out at listingspark.com. You can find tips for improving and selling your house, comparing properties, listing your home on the MLS, and even sign up for the live show of Real Estate Real Fast. We typically go live on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central. 
Go check us out at listingspark.com.